Praise God. We've been talking uh, these last few weeks, for quite a few weeks now, we've been on something called the Sermon on the Mount. And that sounds so churchy, right? Like the Sermon on the Mount. But here's the deal. The Sermon on the Mount is simply the most famous sermon that Jesus gave while he was here on this planet. It was the sermon, the sermon that most people know from Jesus while he was here in, uh, in the flesh. And so we have decided we want to listen to the voice of Jesus. I, I don't know about you, but I like to listen to podcasts. And every once in a while I think to myself, you know, if Jesus had a podcast, what would his voice sound like? What would Jesus say on his podcast if I was listening to it? And so you and I are getting a glimpse into a little bit of what Jesus would say through this Sermon on the Mount. Say Sermon on the Mount. So it's not just a sermon, just another message, but it's the words coming straight from Jesus. And last week we talked about how Jesus talked about that we are to give, that when we give, we should give in a certain way. Today we're going to be talking about prayer, say prayer and how we should pray in a certain way. And then next week we're going to talk about fasting and we're gonna, how we should fast a certain way. But Jesus himself declares that those three things are key for you and for me. We give, we pray, and we fast. We give because Jesus has called us and the Father has called us to live outside of ourselves. That is not just about me. I was walking into a McDonald's the other day and as I was walking into the McDonald's, I was just going there to see what was happening in there. No other reason I was walking in there, amen, just to, just to kind of hang out. Uh, as I was walking into the McDonald's, somebody said, uh, hey, can, can, you, you know, can you give me some, some money? And I said, I can't give you money, but uh, I am I'm committed before the Lord and with my family. We've been praying, God, help us to, to do something. Say, do something. And so I said, you know what, I can't give you money, but I, I can get you a little something. And so he's like, oh, that would be awesome. And so I went in there, and, and you know, anytime you do anything for anyone, it costs you something. Now, if you just do a dollar menu thing, it will cost you a dollar, right? If you do something more, you will do more. But whether it's financial or whether it's your time, every time that you and I actually start to give, it will cost us something. And Jesus last week was emphasizing, says, I want you to give, but when you do it, I don't want you to do it so that people will say, look at that person, what they're doing. I want you to do it in private, and I want you to do it to bring glory and honor to me. But it always costs, giving always costs something. And today, he's talking about praying. Now, uh, prayer is, a, is an important topic in the church. You know, what else would church people talk about other than prayer, of course? But Jesus talks about prayer today, but he looks at it in a very unique way, in a little different way. Say different. He looks at it in a very unique way, and that's what we're going to talk about today. How will Jesus have you and I pray, and, and what is prayer? So we're going to talk about that here together. If you've gone through tough times in your life, you have prayed. Can I get an amen? Anytime that something difficult happens in your life or in mine, we forget all kinds of stuff. I don't need to watch the show right now. I don't need to, to do this or that. I need to pray when I'm in trouble. Someone said when they try to take prayer out of schools, as long as there are tests, there's always going to be prayer because kids are always going to say, please, God, help me in this math exam. Amen? And so we all go through them. And today, the title of today's message is The Prayer That Works. The prayer that works. I want to be effective in my prayers. Giving is about 
living outside of myself. Praying is about connecting to God. Do you know that we talk about here that a champion for God is primarily number one. It's four things, but number one, it's someone who's connecting to God. Say connecting to God. And one of the primary ways that you and I connect to God is through prayer. And I want to talk about Jesus' words, his podcast, if you will, about how to have prayer that works in your life and mine. And so we dive into the scriptures together. It's the first uh, part there of your notes. And when you pray, this is Jesus talking. Do not be like the hypocrites. Now, I'm going to come back to that word. It's not a fun word, but already in two messages, Jesus has used it twice. And the only reason I say it out loud here in church is because Jesus has said it, so blame him, okay? When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, watch this, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be, to be what? To be seen by others. Interesting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Now, we talked about last week that a hypocrite, which is a word that people say to me all the time, Pastor, that's great. I love Jesus. I love God. But I don't go to church because it is full of, that's right, full of hypocrites. A hypocrite, and what they mean is, what we see them talk about is different than how we see them live. Uh, their talk does not match their walk. And so when your talk doesn't match your walk, the scriptures and the definition says that there's hypocrisy there. There's something uh, incongruent. And so Jesus says something very interesting. He says, when you pray, don't be like a person who talks a good game but doesn't walk the walk. Don't be like that, okay? What do people who talk a good game in the times of Jesus but don't walk the walk, what kind of things do they do? They love to pray standing in the synagogues, on the streets. But here's the, here's the deal. For what reason? To be what? To be seen. They're praying so that they can be seen. They're praying so that they can be honored by people. They're praying as a show. They're not praying to have a connection. They're praying to have a reaction. They're praying so that people will see them. And Jesus says, don't, don't be like that. Here's the first fill-in. Here's a definition of prayer coming straight from the ancient source of the Google. Praise God. Here's what Google says is prayer. A solemn request, and I like this definition. That's why I put it on there. A solemn request for help or expression, and here's the first feeling, of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. A solemn request for help. If you've been in a crisis, you've prayed, God, please help me. But it's also an expression of thanks. God, thank you, addressed to God or an object of worship. And I, I left that in there because not everybody prays to the same God. Some people pray to statues. Some people pray to particular monuments. And the scriptures, I'm not talking to you about what others say. Jesus, in, in his message, is going to talk to us about praying to a certain one and what we're talking about today is prayer that works, prayer, not prayer that doesn't work. Are you with me? Say amen. 
If I wanted to talk to you about just praying, and listen, there are some benefits of just praying to anything for any reason because some, you, know, you get things out of it, but Jesus is not talking about that kind of prayer, meditation, it's just good for me. No, no. He's talking about prayer that actually works, that when you pray for something, it actually happens. Prayer that works. Say prayer that works. The wrong kind of prayer, here's the next fill-in, is the one only done so others will notice. The wrong kind of prayer is the one only done so others will notice. And I'm going to move on here because most people that I encounter on a day-to-day basis here in the city, or most people are not trying to show off their prayer life in public. So this was an issue back then, but maybe not so much for us, although it is good for us to recognize if we see or uh, smell that somebody is doing something to be seen, it just doesn't smell right, does it? There's something about it. So be careful, Jesus is saying, but he goes on. But when you pray, here's a couple of to-dos. Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your what? Oh, here's the key. Here's the key. This is important. The general definition of prayer is a request for help, expression of thanks, addressed to God, or an object of worship. But Jesus is talking about particular kind of prayer. He says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, be careful who you pray to. Not all deities are created equal. Jesus says, you pray to the Father, say the Father. That's why in the Our Father prayer, which we're going to look at in a second, the beginning of that prayer, Jesus says, this is how I want you to pray. Our who art in heaven. See, I want to pray to the creator. I want to pray to the father. I want to pray to the one who holds everything in his hands. That's who I want to pray to because he can help me. When you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret. Your father sees what is done in secret. Your father sees what is done in secret. We talked about last week how Jesus is saying, I want you to take the the good deeds that you do, and I want you to keep them secret so you don't do them for other people. But the scriptures is full of, of, of messages where we take the things that are going wrong in our lives. And maybe one of you has something going on in your life that's going on. And God says, most of us want to hide that. We want to keep that secret. But God says, confess your sins one to another. Bring this out to light. Not to everyone. That's why I don't stand up here on Sundays and tell you, here is sin number one out of 57 of Pastor Lewis. Are you ready? Go go ahead and take notes. It's probably more than 57, by the way. I just came up with that number. I don't say that to you, but listen, there are people in my life who know everything about me. Do you have someone like that? Because there's something powerful about bringing what's secret out. Jesus is not saying, he's talking about prayer. He's saying, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who sees what is done in secret. Here's the good news. The Father sees what you do in secret. Here's the bad news. The Father sees what you do, do in secret. Are you with me? There's something about what we do in private, loved ones. You know, I can be amazing. You know, even if I'm going out to eat with someone, like a friend or a pastor friend, I will eat good. I'll have chicken. You know, I'll just have a water. But if I'm by myself, bless the Lord. Dun, 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 dun. No one is here. Right? There's something about pub- being, being public. There's something about what we do in public 
that is, that is powerful. Jesus is talking about prayer that works. The first thing is when you pray, uh, I want you to do this privately. Because who you are in private, what you do in private, speaks so much more than what you just do when everybody sees you. Because what you do in private is who you really are. What you do in public is who you're trying to, to be. I didn't want to say it. Thank you, Julia. Prayer that works, here's the next villain, is genuine and private. Now, private is the next villain, private. That doesn't mean that we are never to pray in public or when people see us. That doesn't mean that. We prayed here today, amen? It means that when we pray, our heart is not that we pray so that people will see us. That's not our purpose. That's not our reason for prayer. Prayer that works is genuine and private. And, and, and again, the encouragement from Jesus is what you do in private matters, what you do in secret matters. Go to your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. And he goes on. And when you pray, so he's already told us not to be like certain people. What did he call them? Do not be like the what? Hypocrite. So he's already used kind of a forceful word for people who uh, talk a good game but don't walk it. And he's going to use another kind of difficult word here, so just bear with me for a second. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. Let me just stop there. Do you know any babblers? I'm sure there's no one here who babbles. Praise be to God. But, but I don't know about you, but there's sometimes some people that just like to talk. And there are people who, you know, have never done what you have done but they know more than you about what you have done. Can I get an amen? <laughs> and, 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 and the scriptures, sometimes calls it babblers, people who talk a lot. And sometimes when it comes to the scriptures and talk a lot about things that they do not know, Jesus says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. What's a pagan? A pagan is someone who does not fear God primarily. They might say they fear God. They might act religiously, but they don't fear God. He said, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words, many words. If I just say the right words, if I just say the right things. Now, I will say this. Many people often come to me, or we're in a small group, or in church, or in a setting, and we ask them to pray, and oftentimes people, here's what people will say. Pastor, I can't pray because I don't know what to say. I don't have the right words. I don't, I don't, I can't speak like this. I don't know what to say, which is interesting. And here Jesus is saying, don't be like babblers who think they will be heard because there are many words in prayer. In other words, back then the people would dress up, they would be in the street corners and on the synagogues and they would just keep on praying. And God, for God almighty, we thank you for thee and all this, these stuff. Right? Now, just to let you know, I'm not saying that anyone that prays that way is bad. Amen? Listen, listen. What God cares about is the heart. What is your reason? There are some people who just have been taught to pray that way, but when they're praying genuine prayers to God from the heart, the key is the heart. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans do. They think they will be heard because there are many words. Here's the next villain. The wrong kind of prayer believes that the more words are used, the better. Here's one of the most honest prayers I've ever heard anyone pray. Are you ready? And I believe it touched the heart of God. Help! Man, that's a great prayer. Help me, God. I need you, God. 
God, do something. Can I just tell you, when you're in crisis, when I was in my greatest moment of crisis, I couldn't think of any words. I would just sit there and cry and just say, God, please do something. That can be the most genuine prayer you ever pray, and God hears it from heaven, from the closet, from the closed door, you cry out to God. Some years ago, we did a series on a movie called War Room. And it was, it's called War Room. It sounds like a, like a battle film. It's actually a movie on prayer, if you can believe it. And what they say is that when you go into your room and you close the door and you start praying for your family, you start praying for the neighbors. And as we talked a few weeks ago, you start even praying for your enemies. Say enemies. Amen. You start praying for them, you're doing battle, you're doing spiritual warfare, and it's like you're in a war room. If you haven't seen the movie, I recommend it. It's really powerful. Some Christian movies are a little bit cheesy. This is not cheesy. It's a very good film. I would encourage you to, to check it out. But the idea is that when we're praying, something powerful is happening. There's something going on. And we're so used to in our homes to have the TV room and have the dining room and this is the room, the, the game room. How about having a room where you go into and you're going to make war in the heavenlies on behalf of your family, your community, and your neighborhood. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's not just about the words, but it's about the heart. Jesus says, do not be like them. Like who? Like hypocrites or pagans. Like people who talk but don't walk. Or people who think that they have this fancy word and that's what they need in order to pray effectively. No, don't be like them for your father. Listen to this. He knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. You're not serving a God that is weak. You serve a God who knows what you need before you ask him. But listen. He still wants you to ask him. He still wants you to ask him. Why would he do that? God told the Israelites, go and take the land that I have given you. God has given it to you, but you've got to take it. A few weeks ago, you saw my son Daniel was on crutches. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell you the entire story, but we had left his last doctor's appointment thinking we had an appointment made because that's what the people told us. Your appointment is ready. In a month, come back. And we all knew that that month was important because it was possible for my son to get his crutches done with. So he was waiting minute, hour, daddy, when's the appointment? When, hey, buddy, we, we set it up. It's all set. It will, it will happen. What is it? What is it? A few days before the said appointment, <clears throat> I called the doctor and they said, we don't have an appointment for you at all. This is two days before. He had been waiting and waiting and waiting. If you know a 12-year-old boy with crutches, he had been so good up to that point. And I said, all we can do is give you an appointment. And it was like several weeks later. That's all we can do. And I talked to them. And I pleaded with them. And I said, hey, I was there. The lady told me it's taken care of. I thought it was a done deal. But, well, we don't have any record of it. And I... You know, whenever you face trouble, you can go into all kinds of modes. Can I get an amen? You can start screaming. You can start blaming. Uh, you can start blaming people for the reason why you treat me this way is because of my race or I didn't talk right enough or whatever it is. Or you can start thinking to yourself, oh, it's always happened to me. Now, the difficult part for me was that I was going to have to tell Daniel. So I told him. 
it started with worship, being worshipful before God. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, is worshipful. Then, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a purpose-driven prayer. It's purposeful. It's the kingdom of God and the will of God. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I say, God, do what you want. But I really mean, do what I want. God, whatever you want to do is fine. But God, really what I mean is, you, you, you got you to move here. But Jesus says, prayer that works is prayer that says, your will, not mine. Your kingdom. See, the kingdom of God, and we, we talk about, we pray for the United States, we pray for the nations around the, around the world, but those nations and those kingdoms are different than the kingdom of God, amen? It's a, it's a higher call, it's a higher kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So it's the purposes of God, not my own. And that's a hard prayer to pray for. Then, then it says, give us today our daily bread, and prayer that works is worshipful, purpose-driven, and the next one is humble. Is humble. Give us our daily bread. God, give me what I need. That means I am not a self-sufficient entity. I cannot, I need some, I need something from the outside to help me. I need food. I need bread. I need water. I need encouragement. I need people to love me. I need support, right? I'm not self-contained. I need help. And this humble prayer is a declaration that says, give me what I need today. I have family in Puerto Rico that had their refrigerators full of food. But some years ago when a hurricane hit and the lights went out and the power went out, they at that moment recognized my sustenance does not depend on my fridge staying on, bless God. But in that moment, I promise you, as they've shared, they said, God, please help us. We need our daily bread from you. The Israelites walked around the desert, and God told them, I'm going to send you bread from heaven. And he did. He sent them bread from heaven. They picked it up. They were able to eat bread from heaven in the middle of the desert. But God said, I don't want you to take a lot. Because if you take a lot, when you go back, the next day is not going to be a good one. But every day, I want you to trust me. Say, trust me. Trust and I want you to go out to the desert and trust me that I'm going to send you daily bread. Say, daily bread. Anybody ever watch Hoarders? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you, I don't need to explain to you what that is. Somebody who keeps things and keeps things in their, their life is full of stuff. No, no, no. A follower of Jesus, a prayer that works says, God, give me today. Give me what I need. I have friends who are in recovery. They they share with me, they say that they pray, God, keep me sober today. God, uh, help me with my marriage today. God, help me with my children today. God, help me to make good financial decisions today. Give us this day our daily prayer. It's a humble prayer that recognizes I need God. And then he finishes off by saying, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Don't raise your hand. Anybody got any debt in the house? How many would love to go to your bank or credit card or whatever and say, hey, can you forgive my debt? Amen. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? You know, back in the day, in the times of Israel, there was a year of Jubilee, and every seventh year, 
love that again, okay? <laughs> no debt. But here's the thing. Give us the day our daily bread. Forgive us our debt. What debt do we owe to God? Well, God has called us to live with him. And I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I fail God. I will lie. I will say something that I don't actually mean. I will know that God wants me to do something, but I will be too afraid to do it. And there's a million different things that I can share with you about how we owe a debt to God. He lived the life that we should have lived. He died the death that we should have died. And here we come. All the debt that you have spiritually before God, everything that you've ever done to upset God, here's the cool thing. Forgive us our debts. He forgives us. Prayer that works is a forgiving prayer. God forgives us. As we also have forgiven our debtors, but there's a responsibility. Say responsibility. We're going to talk about that in a second. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We serve a God who serve a Christ who is more powerful than the evil one. Amen? He is more powerful. And I'm going to finish with this. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. How cool is that? Everything forgiven. But, by the way, this is Jesus' words. It's his, his podcast. You can rate him really low if you want to, okay? They said, this is his deal. Here's what he says. But, if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Why is that? I don't like that verse, by the way. Maybe you don't either. Because it puts a certain amount of responsibility on us. But here's the deal. Jesus the Christ went to the cross. Say the cross. He bled real blood and gave his body so that you and I can be forgiven. Are you with me? How many know that's a high price to pay? And here's what he asks us. I give everything so that you can be forgiven. And now I'm asking you to forgive other people. Because if you do not forgive other people, then you're saying, my cross has not, has not been powerful enough in your heart to bring forgiveness and transformation so that you can forgive others. And if you can't forgive someone else, you need to check your heart to see if the cross has actually transformed your heart. Because when the cross transforms you, you will be a forgiving person. After the first ever, somebody came up to me and said, but, but they've done this to me. Do you have any buts? Right? And we all, we've all been betrayed. We've all been betrayed. And it stinks and it's so painful. But you know what? But, the, but Jesus speaks these words from the cross as he's shaking and in pain, saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he asks us to pay that forward to other people who have hurt you, who might not deserve your mercy, but you still give it because we've received it. Here's the last feeling. Prayer that works 